learning. We've all experienced it, but how does it happen? More importantly, how do we create powerful learning experiences that change people's lives? In this podcast, we'll explore the world of adult career change education, from learning theories to classroom experiences to the kinds of people who make life-changing education possible. So come learn with us. This is the future of professional education, powered by ThriveDX. Hi, folks. I'm Sean. I'm your host for the future of professional education. And I'm here with a special guest, Gabby Kamakona, who is the head of career services for ThriveDX. Gabby has a ton of background, many years of background in higher ed career services, as well as in the tech space, and just is a wealth of knowledge for our learners on how to progress from just learning about a new career to actually getting one. And so today we're going to be talking about some of the philosophy behind our career services program, the way that we prepare our learners for success, and just her thoughts on career services in general and and how they can help our learners. But before we get started, I just want to share a thought, which I think is not an obvious one, which is that a Thrive DX powered program is more than just learning about the discipline. So if you're taking a cybersecurity program, there's more to it than just learning cybersecurity techniques and theory and practice and all of that that you learn in the educational portion of our program. There is also the fact that you need to take that and get a job with it. And so there's a necessary layer on top of the sort of traditional education program, which is the career services layer that overlays and applies what you've learned in our program and allows you to leverage it to get that job. And so the the reason I'm saying this is that not all learners know that and not all learners understand that and certainly not all learners take advantage of our career services program. And what I'm what I hope is that this will actually help build that awareness of what career services is for and why it's so important and how it's actually going to really contribute to you getting the job of your dreams. And so with that, I'm going to turn this over to Gabby and she'll introduce herself and then we'll be off to the races. Awesome. Thanks so much, Sean. Excited to be here. Um, So as you mentioned, yes, I have spent This year, 2022, will be my 16th year in the higher ed space in career services. Um, So I am incredibly passionate about helping students see their career goals and dreams come to fruition. I have worked across many disciplines in uh, the higher ed setting, but more specifically over the last six and a half years in the accelerated program space in technology and helping students really take tech skills to market quickly and evolve those skills over time into uh, really lifelong lucrative careers. And I love what I do and I love what we're doing here at Thrive DX. That's great. And you've been here for a little while now, right? About a year maybe? Yes. Oh gosh, it's been a year and a half already. year and a half. So um, quite a bit of time, which has been wonderful. Yeah. And enough time to really um, push career services along. So uh, I'd love to start with just the philosophy behind career services. What is it that you're trying to do? That's a great question. So I would say 
You know, career services, particularly in this environment, we are really trying to empower students and learners to be their own best career advocates. And the reason for that is many of our learners are coming to technology and IT programs for the very first time. So they are making what we would call a complete career shift or transformation. And that is so exciting and so amazing. And we feel like in career services, we do our best work if we actually empower students to be able to take those skills and transform, iterate, and progress on their careers over time, which really means to us that you know, we are building capacity in a learner to write their own resume, update their own resume, understand the nuances and ins and outs of LinkedIn and how you network and sort of the why behind what you do as you job search and as you network and as you create connections so that our learners can continue evolving and doing that over time. We think for quite a few of our learners, the jobs and employment that they get maybe while they're in program or shortly after they finish the program is really the first step in a much longer career. And so if we can teach them the skills to keep building on that career over time, then they have also become a career expert. And what a great thing is to leave a program feeling like you have the technical tools and the career tools to be wildly successful in your job and in your career over time. That's great. Yeah. I love a couple of the things that you said in there about being a self-advocate. It, it feels like that's not an intuitive thing for a new student, for, for someone who's trying to get into the field. And I love that the focus is not just, okay, here's how you set up LinkedIn or here's how you write a resume or something, but it's how do you market yourself? Because that is so important. And so, you know, those of us who have been in a field for a while, we know that. And, and it just it's sort of this thing that you learn. But as you get started, it's really hard to even to know that you should do that, let alone do it. And then also you said something about the this being the first step in a longer career. And that also is, it's just, it's great to have that kind of sort of long-term view of the function of career services that... Because that, you know, that's the point of what we do here, right? We're trying to get people in the door, but that can't be the end of it. We just aren't involved after that. And so how do you prepare them to succeed beyond that? It's, it's great that you're really thinking about that. And, and so let's actually use that as a segue in just to what you do, because we talked about the philosophy and what you're trying to do, but how do you actually accomplish that with your students? How do you prepare them for success? Yeah, and I love that question because I think... One of the things I think is critically important as someone comes into one of our programs is thinking about their career and their long-term objectives the whole time, right? And so one of the ways that we help our learners do that is start thinking about looking at career materials from very early on in the program. And so we start with usually career exploration. Most of our learners, they know a lot about the field that they're going into, but they might not have um, dove very deep into what are all of the different kinds of roles, what are all of the different industries, what are all of the options, and then also thinking about taking their prior self and selling that prior self into their future form. 
right? So things like transferable, translatable skills. We all have experiences and backgrounds that have created really interesting and marketable skills in a candidate that we're not always thinking about when we're moving into a new field. So for instance, a student who or a learner who comes to us and has been in the service industry might not think that some of the amazing skills that they've developed during that time would be translatable to cybersecurity or to digital marketing. And in the very beginning of working with career services, that's one of the things we want to help a learner understand. So how do you take that past experience and skills, make it marketable for your future self, and start to think about how do you talk about your skills and abilities as you transgress through the program. And so we like to say things in career services like your career toolbox is living and breathing, meaning that it should be evolving over time as your skills and abilities evolve over time. And so we want to work on them in a progressive manner. So part of what we do in our service package is obviously help with things like resume, updating LinkedIn, um, thinking about how uh, your professional value proposition sounds. What would you say to um, a recruiter versus what would you say to a hiring manager versus what would you say to a potential peer or colleague? Um, and then we go through everything from how do you uh, make a real connection on LinkedIn? How do you uncover the hidden job market? How do you truly set up a viable and usable job search? And then how do you follow up? And then we go all the way through to salary negotiations. What happens when you have multiple offers or you got an offer and you're really waiting for your dream offer? Um, or how do you work on a promotion at work? How do you sell to your current company the new skills that you're learning and even try to make yourself your own position where you are? Um, so I'd say those are definitely the things that we cover in our career curriculum. And in, on top of our career curriculum, we also do coaching. So we love to have one-on-one -on -one time with students because we do believe that every learner has a unique career journey. So we all come with different experiences, different goals, different aspirations, and we want learners to feel like we understand that their experience is going to be unique. It is going to be different than um, the person sitting in their Zoom room next to them um, or in uh, the cohort before them or after them. And we do a lot of time one-on-one -on -one sort of diving into that and what does that mean for that learner. And then the last component of the work that we do is offer events to students. So we have specific career curated events for all of our learners that happen during and after their program to really give them access to the industry, number one but also insight from different perspectives. So having a career coach and a career services team is, in my opinion, invaluable. But it is also important that the information that career services provides to learners is reiterated by individuals who are in the industry, who are hiring um, learners like ours, who have been learners like ours, so that students can really feel like um, the information they're getting, the way they progress through career services, the toolbox that we're helping them to create has a very intentional purpose, and that we are using industry expertise to help them to create those tools and to navigate the job market. 
Nice. I love that idea of the career toolbox. That's that's actually a way that we talk to our teachers as well, our instructors, to set them up with a toolbox of uh, educational technique and best practices. And it it's just it's like a nice way, I think, to visualize it as as sort of something that you're building, that you're contributing to, that you'll carry around with you. And I love that you're doing that with careers. And it sounds like the sort of biggest takeaway for a student if they're listening to this hopefully they are is it's sort of the same as what we say to them you know you, you get out of our program what you put into it if you're gonna skate through and not do the assignments as well as you possibly can while you're in the course you're not going to learn this as well and it, it sounds like this is very much the same that if you can take advantage of all of the different offerings from career services you're going to have a much higher chance of success which just makes sense. <laughs> yeah. And I think too, you know, um, one of the things I think, you know, students often um, don't think about is, you know, these, all these services are included, right, mm -hmm. in the program. And so there's no additional cost, like it is just time, right? And time is incredibly valuable. But when you have the opportunity to take advantage of these kinds of services with really no limitations, um, it's something that is hard to come by. Yeah. Um, you know, when you go online to try to do some of these things like resume critiques or getting your LinkedIn revamped or finding a executive interview coach to assist you, you know, it's quite costly um, and it's it's time locked, right? You have a certain amount of time to utilize the service. You have a certain number of revisions. You have a certain mm -hmm. number of questions that you can ask. And we've really tried to make sure that in career services, we don't have those kinds of limitations for our students. They have access to calendar time. They have access to calendar multiple times. Um, we encourage that, you know, in and after program and, you know, mm -hmm. even tell students that when they're ready, we want the time they spend with career services to be accelerated. We want it to be, you know, weekly, if not every other week that they are spending one-on-one -on -one time yeah. with our team. Yeah, and, and something that's worth noting here is the just the the way that we run our programs is part-time. So these students that Gabby's talking about are full-time, in a often in a full-time job. They are studying with us nights and weekends, and then the career services would happen sort of on that same schedule because they're in a full-time job. They're trying to change their career, change their life without losing an income. And so the when when she's talking about time, that's it's really precious because there isn't much of that extra time. Yeah, absolutely. We know students give up a lot to come to our program, and so we want to make sure that the services that we offer them and the education that we offer them is, you know, top-notch, and they can get as much, I think, as you said, out of it as they put into it. Yeah, and as quickly as possible, yeah. I, I want to jump over to another question because you talked about how you prepare your students what does a student need to do? Like, what should they be thinking about while they're in our program? What should they be doing while they're in our program? What's going to ultimately make them really, really successful at going out and not just landing a job, but getting multiple offers, like you said, and having that terrible experience of having to pick the best one that uh, not everybody gets? How do we get them to that place? What do they need to do? Yeah, I love that question. So I would say that it's keeping the career component and the building of that career toolbox top of mind and at an equal pace with the academic technical part of their 
learning. And I say that because our programs are rigorous. They are fast-paced. That is intentional. That is why most of our students have selected coming to our program so that they can pick up technical skills in a quick way. They can put them to use. It is hands-on. And I oftentimes hear myself reminding students that because we move so quickly, sometimes we can forget what we learned three weeks ago, four weeks ago. We can forget the amazing project um, that we put together two months ago. And students will have a hard time coming backwards at the end of the program or as they near completion of the program and remembering all of these key critical components. And so if you think about it, if a student is actually building their resume over time in the program and adding to it, you know, every couple weeks, every month, as every project gets developed, their toolbox and the tools in that toolbox are so much more robust and meaningful and full. And so I always like to tell students that the more they keep the career tools top of mind as they're moving through the program, the easier it will be to create the toolbox, Mm -hmm. the easier it will be to utilize the toolbox in the moment they need it. Because we, we also always forget that the dream role or the job you really want usually pops its head up when you're like, oh, no, I haven't worked on my resume yet. Oh, I haven't finished my LinkedIn. And now I'm going to have to stay up till three o'clock in the morning and try to, you know, and um, a student who is doing this over time with us is in a much better position when those opportunities um, rear their heads or when they happen to be in an elevator with someone talking about the program that they're in. And someone says like, oh, shoot me a LinkedIn message. Let's connect. And You know, the students instead frantic up all night trying to do that, hoping that that person doesn't search them. So I always say, like, keep it top of mind, move through the career content at an equal pace. Um, And we have tried to curate a pace for the student that we believe is reasonable, number one, um, but also we believe helps them to create a, a good portion of their toolbox about halfway through the program. And we do that intentionally because many of our students are actually ready to enter their new job markets about halfway through the program. And so sometimes the waiting till the end, although totally fine and not necessarily an issue, um, it just doesn't need to happen. They don't need to wait till the end. They can be working through their career goals and applications and networking much earlier than that. So I would say that would be number one for me. What makes a student really successful um, is keeping it top of mind, working through the career content at the pace that we have curated for them. Um, And I would say the second thing about it is really understanding that it is okay to have moments of imposter syndrome moments of significant anxiety or nervousness around this sort of leap of faith into a new field, into a new adventure. And I would say to students, you should be having those. That is a normal part of going into a new career, into a new field, or even evolving your field. And students should raise their hand ask questions, ask to talk to a coach. You know, our coaches have decades of experience helping students go through these exact 
hurdles, obstacles, um, opportunities. And so we want them to know that it's okay to say, like, I'm nervous. I'm not sure I'm ready. Are you sure I'm ready? Have a pep talk. Get out the jitters with us. Um, practice all of the things. Practice the interviews. Practice the elevator pitches. That's why we have coaches for our students to do that. So I would say that would be the second thing is really um, – utilize the service even when you're in doubt. Um, and that can be really hard. And I, I we realize that, that that is hard for a student. So our coaches work um, tirelessly to continue to keep students motivated and remind them that they have the skills and they have the ability to do these roles in their new field. And they just need to sort of keep up with that leap and uh, take flight. I love that. Yeah. And I love you said something about keeping your resume and your LinkedIn updated. You were talking about keeping the career component in pace with the learning that you're doing. And it's obviously it's not just in students. I think anybody listening to this is going to I'm sure that they had that reaction that I did, which is that I do exactly the same thing. I don't keep my stuff up to date. My resume isn't up to date because I'm not intending to leave. But if I was intending to leave or something amazing came along and I needed that updated, it wouldn't be there. And getting the students into that mindset of this is the, the whole point that you're here for is not just to learn the material. It's to make yourself marketable and get you in the door. And so a huge part of that is staying on top of the those career components. And then also, I, I, we should go back for a second because people listening to this may not be aware of what imposter syndrome means. And so that's a term that um, obviously our students know because you talk to them about it and our teachers talk to them about it. But can you just define that for us? Yeah, absolutely. So, you know, imposter syndrome is really, you know, this feeling that you are pretending to be someone that you're not. And you don't have necessarily the tools that you think or the skills or the abilities that you believe that someone doing that should have. And that is, you know, wildly true, I think, for our learners and our students, because it is their first time doing a lot of the new technology, learning a lot of the technology they're learning in the class. And so they have moments where like, that didn't work. I keep, you know, I, I, I can't do this. It doesn't seem like I can do this. It's not working for me. And so they have these feelings of, I'm pretending to be someone I'm not. I'm pretending to be someone maybe I can never be. And I think that those happen oftentimes on the career side as well, where, um, you know, a, a student is thinking through translatable skills and they'll come to career services and say things like, well, I greeted people. Like, what? how would I even put that on resume? Like, how would that be valuable? And we have to remind students that, you know, let's say in cybersecurity or digital marketing, you are working with clients and people want individuals who are personable. Mm -hmm. They want individuals who can speak and represent themselves and uh, be courteous and, and be able to greet someone. And although that might not sound like a logical, translatable skill, um, those are oftentimes the moments in career services where we see a student experiencing this imposter syndrome um, where they're like, I have nothing to put on my resume. There's not a skill or a ability that I've done before that would translate into cyber or translate into software development. And um, I think it's one of the most exciting parts actually for our team is to uh, be able to show a student all of the amazing things that they have done in their past that are really valuable to their future mm -hmm. um, and being able to 
like visualize that for them. Yeah, that's great. You talked about the student who was a greeter, right? And, and how do I use that on my resume? It made me think about the fact that I went to college for theater and English and didn't expect to end up in education, didn't expect to end up in technology. Uh, and, and so I, at, at some point along the journey, I kind of was like, well, what am I going to do with this stuff? This, this is meaningless if, if I'm trying to go into education or into technology. And then I kind of realized that, well, no, communications is huge. And, you know, having that experience of being on a stage or improvising or, or whatever, that stuff is massively valuable to me now. And being able, you know, having conversations like this, but also teaching and, and uh, all the stuff that I do here, it, there's so much basis in what I've, where I've come from. It's really great that you're think that you're getting students to think that way. And then I also just wanted to comment because you said everybody feels imposter syndrome and I've just in the last month had a job transition here. I went from being the senior director of education to the head of learning and development. And man, have I felt imposter syndrome <laughs> recently. And and I'm in the same place. Like I'm people know me here. They know what I can do. I wouldn't be offered this job if I wasn't capable of doing it. But I've still had that experience of like, oh God, I don't know if I can do this. Mm-hmm. It's everywhere. Everybody feels this. And that's why we talk about it with our students, because it's so easy to to just sort of turn inward and go, Oh, I'm it's me, I'm not ready. But it's really everyone who feels like they're not ready. And it's a matter of, like you said, taking that leap of faith. Absolutely. And I think the other thing about right imposter syndrome, I, which is so great that you brought up, is it's not just now. It will be forever. We will oh, yeah. have these moments for the long term of our careers where as we transition or we attempt to get promotions or new roles or go from you know, an operational or a functional role to a people manager or to a leader or something like that. We will always have these moments um, when we are making transitions where we are unsure and we're not sure like where to put our foot next. And I think when, when people can realize that that is normal and natural and actually vocalizing, it can be really helpful and, uh, get you on to sort of the next phase, which is I can do it and I'm going to do it. And then look at me now. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I have another question for you about our students. I wonder if you ever see things from them that surprise you. Do you, do you ever just get blown away by something a student has done? Um, something that they bring to the table, maybe from their past role that just is, is so outstanding um, maybe the way that they get in the door or how they perform in interviews or something like that. Like, what, what do you see that's, that has surprised you here? Ooh, that is a great question. Okay, so let me think about this. I would say um, the things that always surprise me um, and actually really delight me are the students who can really exhibit the passion piece. Hmm. So... I particularly found working in technology for the last, you know, several years that employers and companies are really excited about people who are passionate about what they're doing. They don't always have to have the top technical skills or know everything about the field, but when someone can exude that passion, excitement, um, it's attractive, it's enticing to organizations, to employers, to hiring managers. And so I would say some of the things that students have done that have surprised us is um, like in cybersecurity, we've had some students who have created these 
really impressive home labs and done some really amazing sort of side projects and being able to put things like that on their resume, on their LinkedIn, be able to talk about those in the interview have catapulted them um, in the eyes of the industry in many ways. And I can remember when I first started here, we had a student who had been in one of our very first um, cohorts who had set up quite an impressive home lab situation. And when he would go out to interview, nine times out of 10, he would come back and say, they were wildly impressed with that. I didn't realize that was something I was doing for myself because I loved it so much and I wanted to keep learning and I wanted to redo projects and I wanted to redo labs. Um, But he said it was a, a talking piece for him in networking and in interviews that he never would have imagined would have been so valuable. So I'd say that would be one thing. Um... I think the other thing that has is always um, that has surprised me is students who are really open. So I find, you know, um, as I get older, also um, we sometimes have uh, more narrow visions around what things should be like or could be like. And so particularly around jobs, you know, we have some pretty tight parameters about what we think would work, what type of industry, titles, things like that. Um, And I find that to be true for, for very many job seekers in general. And I'm always surprised when a student will come to us and say, I want to see it all. Like, I'm not exactly sure how I want to focus yet in my new career. So let me see what all the possibilities are. Let me apply for lots of different kinds of roles. Let me see lots of different kinds of industries. Let me sort of get be more expansive in my search. Um, and we find oftentimes that those students um, wind up with, you know, really interesting opportunities that I don't think that they probably envisioned when they first started our program, but can be really exciting. And, um, you know, they can work for companies and industries that uh, don't seem necessarily logical in the field that they're going into. And that's really um, exciting and surprising for them and for us. That's really neat. Yeah. I I love that story about the home labs, because I know that's a big thing in cybersecurity. People love to build the the box to just bang on basically at home. And what you said, or what that student said, that they were so impressed with this, that they had no idea that this would be helpful, and it was really just for them. And it speaks to what you said, the passion project being so important to because it's it's that differentiator for you in a in a job search, right? You come in the door and yeah, you've learned the same thing that most of the other people we've seen have learned. What did you what did you do that's different? Yeah. Oh, you built a home lab. Oh, let's talk about that. Like I, I really get that. That's when I interview people, I want to hear about the stuff they've done that is interesting to them and different. And that's the kind of thing that in cyber would be just a, a no-brainer that they're going to learn from it. It's going to be a great thing for them to have and it's going to help them get a job. And I would say in our design programs, I would say freelance projects or mm-hmm. working on open source projects is sort of the same in that same vein of uh, passion um, and yeah. exhibiting sort of like that you want to do a little bit more and you want to keep learning. And, you know, one of the things um, career services is often oftentimes telling students is that employers are looking for, I categorize it as humble, hungry and ready to work. Those are sort of some of the key attributes that employers are looking for. And 
exciting for students that going through a program like that actually demonstrates that and shows that for employers, right? That you're hungry to learn these new skills, um, that you're humble because you know you've got to keep learning and you're moving fast and you're learning lots of things. But the hungry piece um, can be sort of these extras, right? So all of these little extras, even, you know, when our students are um, signed up for different blogs or following different influencers on LinkedIn in their field, it's demonstrating that hunger to learn more, to be broader in their um, understanding of the field. And those things are wildly attractive in technology. Yep. Yeah, no, absolutely. I was I was thinking I should just echo that and just say, you know, any students who are listening, this is absolutely right. And I know this because I have been hiring in the ed tech field for quite some time now. And that is exactly the kind of thing that I want to see, that somebody's got the passion project, that they've got the those extras, like you said. I wonder, just to, to finish up here, I wonder if you can just sort of synthesize some of the wisdom that you would want our students to take away, whether it's from this conversation or things that we haven't said, that are, you know, if they were to just kind of write the cliff notes of what you need to get a, get out of career services, what would those things be? So I would say um, certainly sort of revisiting that, um, do it early, do it often, um, as far as sort of the career readiness and your toolbox. I think the second piece would be um, thinking about getting out of the gate in your career early. Um, and the reason that I, I say that is because technical skills get stale. Um, that's just the way technology works. You know, we move very quick in technology. And so something that is hot today is not tomorrow. And although our programs are built to keep what's hot always top of mind, for students who finish the program and then wait extended periods of time to start looking for their career, it means they've got to be sort of keeping on top of those technology mm-hmm. changes on their own. And that is hard. And mm-hmm. um, so I would say, you know, a piece of advice would be get out of the gate, even though you have imposter syndrome and even though you want to wait till you get to that next course in our program or you feel like you want to have all the pieces sort of polished up, you don't need to have them polished up. Um, that's not what the employment world is looking for. They are looking for someone who is hungry and wants out of the gate and wants to also learn while doing. And so our program is designed in that way, right? Learn while doing, hands-on, take it to action. And so is employment, right? Learn, um, put it to use, keep iterating on it, make mistakes, learn from those mistakes, get better. And so I would say getting out of the gate quickly is um, really critical in uh, the tech field. And then I would say the last piece is sort of what I alluded to earlier, this hungry, humble, and ready to work to me is oftentimes too associated with our soft skills. And so we forget oftentimes that, you know, our resume is what gets us the interview. So our resume and our list of technical skills and attributes and projects is what might get us to the person to talk to. But once we're there with the person to talk to, it is oftentimes our personalities, our enthusiasm, our interest, and the way we portray ourselves that actually gets us past that point and in the door. And so I would remind students that soft skills are 
oftentimes even more valuable to employers than hard or technical skills are at the end of the day. So they want someone who has the technical skills, obviously, but you don't have to be the best at the top of technical skills always, but you need to be able to show that um, you're excited, that you can work with other people, that you can be part of a team, that you want to um, work hard, that you are goal-oriented, that you can take feedback, that you can give feedback. These are some of those critical soft skills that we often forget are so valuable because we spend a good time, a good deal of our time at work, and we spend a good deal of time with our colleagues, and people want to work alongside people who are enthused, energetic, excited about their work, passionate about their work, um, personable. And so I would say to students too that some of these soft skills can be even harder to work on than our technical skills, right? Um, Interviewing is one of those pieces that um, most of us have a hard time with, selling ourselves, talking about ourselves, telling stories, um, and it can be critical to your success. So Mm -hmm. um, we love for students to work on that soft side with their coach and think about evolving and scaling those skills as well. And I assure students that those will last a lifetime. That's a great way to end. Gabby, this is this has been great. It's clear that the learners are just gonna get so much from the the wisdom that you and the rest of the career services team bring to them. And I hope that we have some learners listening here who are, you know, able to to really take this and run with it, whether they're currently working in our program or thinking about joining the program. These are really important things, regardless of where you are in your career. And it's just, it's so true what you've been saying. So this is great. Thank you. I loved it. And I hope that um, it excites people about um, career services and the possibilities of continuing to evolve and transform their careers. And we are here and so excited to help our learners to, to do that. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, folks, that's all for now. Thanks for learning with us. Did you enjoy this podcast? please consider leaving a rating or review wherever you found it. And I hope you'll also recommend it to your friends.